Welcome to Ball Court, the world of basketball, and I am Coach Drew. And on this episode of Ball Court, we have the King showing up in Kings County. We have Dane telling you what time it is and the debut of Zion right here on Ball Court. Stick with me. Welcome back. I am Coach Drew, and this is the world of basketball. And yes, it's been such a great world since the last time I spoke with you. It's like everything in basketball has been happening. And let me tell you, there's some great things that has taken place already. The one thing that we've been waiting for, we have been dying for since last year, since he was playing in a Duke uniform, since we found out that he will be playing no more games in a Duke uniform, once he got drafted and we saw him banging on people left and right during the preseason, we were salivating, waiting for the day that we saw Zion Williamson play in his first official NBA game. And that day came. And I'm going to tell you, for the first three quarters, we knew he was under minute restrictions, but he scored five points over that time. And I sat there and I was like, yeah, during this time, he was three points behind where Lonzo was. Lonzo was playing a great game, by the way, hitting assists everywhere. But I sat there and I'm like, man, maybe the hype was too big. Maybe I was the person who gassed myself up on uh, Christmas morning and I thought that I was going to get that beautiful fire red uh, fire truck pretty much and I thought I was going to get that and I ended up opening it up and I got socks but he said no these aren't just any socks in the fourth quarter he lit it up I'm talking 17 points he was going and he gave them a chance to win it now I understand that Alvin Gentry wanted him to be out there Zion wanted to be out there but the medical staff actually was like, no, we got to cut this short. He's on a minute restriction. We understand that this was taking place, but that little taste, that little bit that we saw in those 18 minutes of play, oh man, it showed me something that I really like to see. It was absolutely beautiful. It was the Zion that we knew was coming. And guess what? Guess what? He hit Four three-pointers. He went four of four. He hasn't hit over three three-pointers in a game playing for Duke. He hit four of four three-pointers. Now, if anybody's keeping tally, that is double the amount that Ben Simmons has for his career. He's two of, he's two of 22. Now, but Zion already has hit four. It is absolutely amazing what I'm seeing. Now, I'm not going to take anything away because the Spurs did win the game, 121 to 117. And I'm going to tell you right now, it was definitely a chance that they could have won if Zion was still in the game. But LaMarcus Aldridge, he did his thing. 32 points, 14 rebounds. Undoubtedly one of the leaders of that game and turned it around. But welcome back, Zion. Man, it was beautiful to see him out there, I must say. Now, next. Next person I want to go ahead and talk about. And just in case you don't know what time it is, let me go ahead and advise you. He was putting the whole league on notice of what time it was. And it was Dame time. Yes, Dame Lillard was doing his thing that day against Golden State. He came out there and he was playing phenomenal. 
Yes, Golden State has been looking a lot better, playing a lot, playing with a lot more gusto and a lot more heart now. And they're no longer just regular cellar dwellers. They're the ones that can fight out and ruin a season for somebody in the West. With that said, Dame Lillard decided that's not going to be us. In overtime, he came fighting back, hitting 11 three-pointers in that game. Dropping 61 points, having 10 rebounds, 7 assists. He was in ultimate attack mode. Now, this is all while CJ McCollum was sitting on the bench just watching it all. And guess who else was watching it all? Yep, Steph Curry. He was shaking his head. He was doing the same thing I was doing. It was kind of funny. Like, Dame Lillard hit a three-pointer. All of us was like, everybody was like, man, it's happening. It's happening. Nothing you can do about it. He came back. Now, mind you, I did say they scored. he scored 61 points. Portland had 129 to 124 in the win in overtime. Out of that 129 points, 61 of them was by Dame Lillard and had seven assists. I want you to go ahead and put that in your mind. It was Dame time. He took over that game. He put the entire organization of the Portland Trailblazers on his shoulders, and he carried them home that day. And that is a phenomenal player in its right. And this is the thing that bothers me about that, how great of a player he is. A lot of people say, hey, you know, you got to get that championship to be considered one of the best. But hands down, Dame Lillard has been considered a Hall of Famer since he has came into this game, and he's continued doing the same thing. I, I, that was impressive to me to watch. It was like one of those things where you just sit there in awe. It was absolutely impressive. Now, now, we got to talk about the king. When I talk about the king, I want to go into detail. And yes, I'm talking about LeBron James. LeBron James... He took, his, uh, road. he took his show on the road. He went out to the East Coast. He said, hey, you know what? We're going to do all those East Coast things. And just like anybody who ever been out to the East Coast, there's a couple places that you hit directly first and foremost. You know, you want to go to Boston. You want to visit New York. You want to take a look at all those different places. Well, the Lakers, their itinerary was absolutely no different. Yes. They, he did get a chance to go play against the Boston Celtics. Now, being a Lakers fan... I looked at this game like, man, you got to be focused. You got to be going into this game like, let's go. Obviously, the Lakers didn't look at it like that. They took a huge loss. It was 139 to 107. But you could tell that they weren't 100% focused in the game. As a matter of fact, LeBron James actually went out to um, another location in Massachusetts. Yes, yes, to go watch his son play at the Hall of Fame, at the Hall of Fame game. So... I could understand why he did, he wasn't 100% focused, but he said that he'll go out of his routine for family any day. With that being said, the Celtics were 100% focused. Jalen Brown catching a dunk right on LeBron, as well as you had Jason Tatum dropping 27 points, five rebounds, and three assists. And the best part about this, yes, we want to go ahead and give a special congratulations to Kemba Walker. You didn't do anything too phenomenal in that game in itself, but the reason why I want to give you this special congratulations is that you completed a feat that you've never done before. Yes, you were 0-28 against LeBron James, and now you're 1-28. Give yourself a round of applause. You deserve that. Also, also, that didn't stop there. 
That, that, that East Coast trip, you know how it is on an East Coast trip. You don't want to just go to Boston. I know everybody loves clam chowder, but you can't just live on clam chowder alone. You're on the East Coast, might as well not go. Go ahead, treat yourself. Go get yourself some pizza. So they did that. And they went down to New York, where he also played against the Knicks. Yeah, they only won by eight points against the Knicks. But LeBron James looks stellar in there, dropping 21 points, six rebounds, and five assists. Still moving the ball at a high level, but it was a quality win. And it wasn't something they had to really hit the gas for, but it was a nice little thing to get them back on track, especially after that loss in Boston. But of course, you cannot go, you cannot go down to New York and not go to Brooklyn, especially now that since gentrification has made Brooklyn look so pretty. Yep. So, of course, he went up into Brooklyn showing love to his boy rocking the Bed-Stuy jersey now. Yup, Kyrie Irving. And there was no love lost handshakes before the game, but during that game, it was fire. He is dropping fadeaways over Kyrie. People are pulling up from half-court. Anthony Davis on a shot that didn't count. He was fouled early. Spend off, drop a half-court shot all net. That's the kind of game that it was. It was one of those games where it was like... Um, a park game being done indoors. Kind of reminiscent of the N1 era when they used to show up in different buildings and everybody just came out there and started running and people saying, ooh, it was one of those kind of games. LeBron James had 27 points, 12 rebounds and 10 assists. Another triple-double for the King right there in King County. Kind of fitting, don't you think? Also, you have Kyrie Irving going 20 points, 3 rebounds and 4 assists. Kyrie Irving actually led his team in points. And over the last little bit, he has been leading his team, definitely doing a lot of big things on the court. So, what are we looking to see? Are we looking to see that there's going to be a future for him over there? I know there's a lot of chatter going on and people are bringing up the old Kyrie of Boston. But we want to see what's going to happen right there when we go ahead and look at that. Right now, I'm going to go ahead and take a short break. I want you to hear from our sponsors and join me back right here on Ball Court. We're going to be talking about some more NBA action right here on the World of Basketball. Welcome back to Ball Court. I am Coach Drew, and this is the World of Basketball. Now... What is the world of basketball without another hit single? Another great song. And yes, we got a song coming up. It's called Win Over the Nuggets. Yes, Win Over the Nuggets. I don't think you've heard this. It's by Brody and the Beard featuring Eric Gordon. Yes, and they came out and they were singing a beautiful song. It was pure string music all the way. Can you imagine this? You're playing against a team where three players came out and dropped over 25 points against you. That's what happened when you get when you went up against the uh, Houston Rockets, Denver Nuggets. That matchup didn't look good. But bright side, silver lining, the Joker came out with a triple-double. That's your silver lining to the whole thing. But the Brody and the Beard experiment is looking even better. Now that you've added the catalyst of Eric Gordon and he's back looking great, you can see what that Brody and the Beard experiment is going to work and how it's going to work. Because on the nights where, you know, James Harden is not shooting his best, you still have Eric Gordon coming out doing phenomenal things, hitting phenomenal shots. As a matter of fact, 
James Harden had 27 points in that game. Russell Westbrook dropped 28. And then you have Eric Gordon dropping 25. These are things that you're not going to see every day in the NBA. This is sort of their form of the big three. Now, the way they're going to do it, they're going to space the floor. They're going to run it. They're going to go back and forth and use that D'Antoni system to utilize their big three. They're not going to attack the basket like you're going to see in L.A. But still, nonetheless, it's going to be something beautiful and something great to behold. I'm telling you, I'm liking what I'm seeing so far. I have not seen anything wrong with this matchup. But once again, the playoffs haven't started. We're just at reaching all-star break. So there's that, you know. So that's one thing that you want to kind of be like, oh, let me go ahead and back away from. Now, another topic that we're going to want to head and talk about, this is a more of a solemn topic. And I know that many of you have heard that's watching this uh, broadcast as well as the ones that are listening to my podcast at this moment. You've heard about Chandler Parsons and the car accident that he got into on the 15th of January around 2 p.m. on his way back from practice. This car accident wasn't just a regular car accident. This was actually done by a drunk driver causing three cars to actually collide. Right now, he's actually suffering from uh, some career-ending injuries. So there's a possibility that Chandler Parsons probably played his last game in the NBA. Now, the Atlanta Hawks has went ahead and uh, released him to go back. Not released him from the team, but actually uh, the medical staff has allowed him to go back to continue his treatment in California under the eyes of the Atlanta Atlanta Hawks uh, medical team, as well as uh, the Emory State College. uh, I'm sorry, the Emory uh, medical team as well. All right. So everybody is watching. We are hoping that you do get better. Chandler Parsons is actually one of my favorite players, so I definitely, I definitely do hope you get better. They are treating him for a cervical disc injury as well as whiplash, and he has not cleared the concussion protocol. We do hope to see him shortly back into the game, but once again, that is something that we cannot guarantee. Okay? And that was something that we just had to talk about. I, I, I want to make sure everybody was aware of that. Now... With some more of a hyper topic of some more good news, I want to let you know, fans and everyone, that your votes has absolutely counted. Yes, the West All-Stars and the East All-Stars has been named. And as everybody knows, yes, the team captains is going to be, once again, LeBron James and Yanis Anatokounmpo. Yanis uh, Anatokounmpo is actually leading the East and doing some big things. And he's with, he's over there along with Joel Embiid, Pascal Siakam, uh, Kemba Walker, and Ice Trey Young. What a beautiful, beautiful shooter. Next, we also have on the West, I know y'all were wondering who's over there on the West. Before I get to that, I just want to go ahead and say something about the East team. This is a shame that we're just going backcourt, frontcourt, and we're not picking by position. Because when you really look at it, Jimmy Butler being the leading scorer on the second-best team, Miami Heat, is not sitting there as a starter. It is absolutely criminal. I know he's not listed as a shooting guard on the Miami Heat roster when he does uh, during the starting lineup, but... Hands down, you could tell that he plays in that he plays in that fashion. He's a he's a dynamic shooting guard, and the fact that he's not a shooting guard out there 
absolutely criminal. I'm not taking anything away from Kemba Walker and Trey Young. They're having a phenomenal season, but Jimmy Butler and not being a starter on that team, it hurts. It absolutely hurts me. But let's get to the West Coast All-Stars. I'm going to take a breath. I'm going to calm down a little bit. Let's speak about that. Now, LeBron James, he's the captain. Thank you all who voted. We appreciate that. I voted 40 times a day. I'm just joking. But, but thank you for all who voted. We all do appreciate it. Yes, LeBron James is there. And another Laker sitting on top is also Anthony Davis. That's going to be a nice little matchup over there. We have Luka Doncic on that team, along with Kawhi Leonard and James Harden. So the West Coast All-Stars are looking absolutely phenomenal. So I can't wait till they end up picking. And But these are the starters that we're looking at. And that's, that's going to be something big. Something very, very big. Now, I also want to go ahead and start, jump right into the next segment, which we call Ladies First. And we're going to talk about some things that is affecting women's basketball on a whole. And these are some big, big things. All right? So the first thing that we're going to go ahead and talk about that's affecting uh, women's basketball is that Maya Moore is actually going to be sitting out another year. Yes, Maya Moore will be sitting out one more year because she is going to go ahead and continue her fight for justice, for criminal justice reform and her work in the ministry. So 2020, she will not be picking up a basketball, but she will be in court helping to make sure that people are free. Now, the shameful part about it is that she is not going to be playing basketball and not earning that uh, basketball paycheck. So she's willing to give up her finances to do what politicians who are getting paid to do refuses to do. That's something I want y'all to think about. Maya Moore, we stand behind you. You're a champion on the floor, as well as I can clearly see you're a champion off the floor. That is definitely a GOAT move for you. I want to go ahead and congratulate that. But we do have her actual retirement. Alana, yes, Elena Beard of the Los Angeles Sparks will be retiring, or for the people in Washington, of the Washington Mystics, she will be retiring. And let's go ahead and talk about her for a little bit. 15 years in the league. Pretty much right now, the fact that she's retiring, it will now be easier to score in the WNBA. She's one of the key defensive players of all time that I've been watching play. I love the style that she plays it, even though most of her defensive awards that she won was directly in L.A., and that's why I got to watch a lot of them. But her scoring, the way that she scored, the way that she attacked, the way that she did things was all big for her over in the Washington Mystics as well. As a matter of fact, her best season that she had was, was with the Mystics, going 19.2 points a game, 4.7 rebounds, and 3.1 assists a game. So she is an all-around player, not to mention she has, she has a five-time WNBA all-defensive first team, a four-time WNBA all-defensive second team, and in 2016, she was a WNBA champion with the L.A. Sparks. And she was a two-time defensive player of the year. That was 2017 and 2018 with the L.A. Sparks. So even though she was phenomenal as an offensive player with the Mystics, her career had a resurgence with the Sparks, showing that she could also play defense. So the WNBA and basketball will greatly miss a player of this nature. 
and I wish her all the best in her endeavor. I know that she's going to be another champion that's going to take over and do some big things, whether whatever direction that she goes. But we will definitely be watching. And Elena Beard, thank you once again for all you've contributed to the game. Next, we're going to talk about the women's tournament. Yes, yes, yes. Things are changing in women's basketball and women's sports on a whole. As you can tell, you know, things are going on in the Australian Open as we speak. That's making things a lot different. Eyes are opening up. The quality of women's sports is now being focused on, and we are all loving it. And yes, 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 yes. Money and the people who run that money for the TV industries are seeing the same thing. The women's tourney is now going to be covered in a completely different manner. I remember before, there's a lot of games that you'd miss. But guess what? All first round, all second round games will be broadcasted on television. Yes, you heard me correct. All first round and second round games will be broadcasted on television. But here goes the best part. The semifinal game. Yes, that semifinal game that's always hidden down on ESPN2 will now be on the big stage on ESPN. They are looking at us. They're looking at those ladies and they're saying, hey, y'all doing big things. Big things is happening. You can see the money's not to be invested. Uh, television contracts are growing. The ladies are going to start being scouted differently. AAU women are being treated differently. I'm telling you, 2020 is going to be the year of the female, and I want all of y'all to go out there and do some great things. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go ahead and take a break. I want to give my sister a call. She has a female basketball player, too. I want to tell her, hey, there's big things coming up for all of them. Sit right here with me. Check out some of these sponsors. This is Ball Court, the world of basketball. I'm Coach Drew. I'll be right here when you get back. ball court the world of basketball i am coach drew and yes we are back we are back and we're going to be talking about the world of basketball yes let's go ahead and jump right into the nbl those boys down under they're doing some great things but the first thing i want to talk about is something that the Warhawks hawks has been facing all season injury yes you remember back we did a show speaking about what happened with aaron brooks him getting injured being out for the season well, LaMelo Ball's um, bone bruise that he suffered in December is still nagging. As a matter of fact, he is still currently in a walking boot and on crutches. It is safe to say there's a probability that he may not be coming back this season or suiting up for Elwara Hawks in the future. You know, with the lingering uh, draft coming up, he may be going directly to New York after. But... We are all hoping that he comes back and shows one more game. But if he doesn't, in those 12 games that he's played, he's averaged 17 points per game, 6.8 uh, 6 assists per game, and 2.4 rebounds. You can clearly see that he's on that level where he's a different kind of player. He's going to be somebody who could contribute directly to the NBA on his first day out. I wish him all the best, and I hope for a speedy recovery. We definitely do hope we see him again. But to be honest, we may be shutting him down all they may be shutting him down altogether. But they've been told that 
he's not allowed to place weight on the foot, so he's not even be able to do um, small training and little practices already. So it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. So Ramon Moore. I want to talk about the 36ers right now. The 36ers are actually making a great push towards that postseason. And right now, without their um, wingman, Ramon Moore, it's like they, it looks like they're going to actually be in jeopardy. It looks like he's going to be missing the rest of the regular season, also with injury. Yes, a shoulder injury has sidelined uh, Ramon Moore, and the 36ers are going to be scrambling to make sure that they make it to that playoff. They do have a great, they do have a great shot of making it at this point in time. But this is one thing that they, one more thing that they now have to worry about. And the one last thing that I definitely want to go ahead and talk about with that NBL team is the Sydney Kings. Congratulations, congratulations, Sydney Kings! They are the first team to actually go ahead and clinch a playoff berth. So they are now into the postseason for the NBL. Go ahead, keep on doing what you're doing. That win against Wollong was exactly what you needed to go ahead and move forward. So congratulations on that. You are doing some awesome things. Now I want to go ahead and jump into my next segment. Now this is a segment that I do that I do necessarily love so so much. Now this segment I like to call this segment analyze this. So what we do here in analyze this is we're gonna take we're gonna go ahead and take a closer look at a um, a game, a player, a style of play, and we're gonna break it down to the point that we analyze it. Now that person that we're gonna talk about right away is our guy, our star, the person that we know does it each and every time that we've been waiting for, Zion Williamson. Now Zion. On a whole, we know he has been waiting for his comeback to happen. But when it did, it looked beautiful. These are the things that, that caught my eye about it. Let's go ahead and take a look at that videotape. The way that he explodes to close out. His second jump is faster than most people's first jump. Let's watch that again. He attacks it and closes right out. Look at this. He loses the ball, jumps, misses the shot, and still able to put it back in after grabbing him not to mention his three points he went four of four from three pointers look at that foot placement look at how we stand look at how we shoot his form is absolutely perfect he was not wasting that time during the time that he was out and he was not missing anything that's the reason he had putting it in there let's go ahead and take a closer look at this Look at that elevation to close out on the back side. The reason that he's able to explode like that is because of that second jump. He is so explosive for his height. You have to go ahead and take away the space, and that's going to create three-point shots. I'm going to tell you the truth. If they allow him to shoot like that, he's going to be a huge problem. If he's not able to make free throws and starting able to shoot the way that he shot the ball that day, he's going to be a huge problem for them. Let's go ahead and look into some other things as well. When you take a look at Zion and the way that he's going to create that spacing on the floor once he starts playing in, in the five position, it's something that you cannot overlook. He's going to attack the rim. He's going to go up multiple times in that five, box you out, and causing other problems. Think about it. Those 17 points happened in the fourth quarter under limited minute restrictions. 
hands down, Zion is going to be the direction that we're going to be going at in the future for New Orleans as well as for the NBA. This is a, one of the greatest things that you've seen since LeBron James. I just want to go ahead and close out with just a few more looks right here. When we, when we take a look how he just explodes back up, that's what we want to look for. And that final three-pointer, he was absolutely phenomenal in that game. He was something that could not be handled. And when I analyze the tape and I look at the tape, I could clearly see that there was things that he was working on before the, um, the thing that he was working on before he got injured and the things that he was working on after he got injured. And clearly you can see the things that he was working on after he got injured was once again his shot. I must say, I was very, very much impressed. Now I want to go ahead and uh, move on to the next segment that we call College Hoops. Now usually, usually if you are in this segment, that means you have been hit with an upset. But I've actually decided to expand this segment because this segment we're going to be talking about buzzer beaters. Last second shots that changed everything. First team that we're going to talk about is UNLV and they played against UNR. Yes, the University of Nevada, Reno. That Wolf Pack, they came out phenomenal in the second half. With the UNLV being up by 10, they thought it was going to be an easy win, but that second half was absolutely amazing. Marguerite Effa came out, started balling. She had 24, she had 24 points, 7 rebounds. But one of the key things that made her a contributor in this game, she went 6 of 6 from the free throw line for Reno. She was one of the catalysts that was pushing Reno back. But... The UNLV had a lot. I'm talking they had a lot of firepower. Let me first off talk about Letitia Smith. In the beginning of the game, she had eight points utilizing the crossover, setting up the jump shot for those short jump shots. Now, this is going to be something that comes to play later on in the game. All right? Now, when you talk about um, Rajanae Wade, 15 points, 9 rebounds, but she was all over the floor. And as a matter of fact, in the closing games, Wade was actually matched up with Effa. And she was causing Effa a little bit of problems scoring down low. Even though there was attacking on rebounds, she was still causing those problems. And that was the thing that they needed to go ahead and get over the hump. Mel uh, Isabel, I want to go ahead and tell you, she had 4 points. But when I was watching the game, these 4 points were the most creative points. Not only was she scoring, but she was also putting people in foul trouble. So this was something that I really enjoyed watching her and how she was playing. She was attacking the basket. As a smaller guard attacking the basket in the fashion that she was, you would have thought that she would have had more calls, but obviously the rest was looking at it in a different manner. But she played a phenomenal game nonetheless. But in the closing seconds of the game, when everything was matched up 64-64, last six seconds in the game, Letitia Smith ran, ran a play crossover once again, coming up from the right side of the three-point line on that wing, coming down, crossing over, making it to the left side, and shooting a short jump shot, just like she was doing in the first half. And, of course, that was the game winner, leaving only a .6 seconds on the clock. And on that point, six seconds on the clock, it was heart-wrenching. It was something that we thought was going to be heartbreaking for the UNLV fans. They inbounded, and it was a perfect inbound, right to, right to Effa, and Effa actually missed a short shot. We thought that shot was going to go in, but it was a short shot. She missed it. 
They won the game. UNLV walked off. It was absolutely beautiful. Now, the next game that I'm going to tell you about is going to give you a lot of the same feel. A lot of the same feel. Now, not a lot of times I actually bring up the MEAC and um, the and that conference and how they and the games that go on there. But this time is an especially elite time. NC, um, North Carolina A&T had a 28-game MEAC win streak going on when they were going into this game against Morgan State women, Lady Bears. But the Lady Bears, they came out to play basketball. They were fighting all the way. And in the late second, in the closing minutes of the game, as a matter of fact, uh, uh, Lana Script Kina came out and dropped the three-pointer in those seconds to make it 38-34, to giving them a four-point lead. Now, this was something that is very uh, crucial because after that, um, they, were then, they were then fouled. Yes. After missing a shot, Morgan State was fouled. Now, this foul could have went either way. They, missed, they hit the first shot, and that was great because now they made it 39 to 34. But after missing the, after missing the uh, first shot, right, the, ball ran, the ball came out. Or I do apologize. It was 39-34, and then they missed the first shot. Uh, and then they hit the shot, and then they missed the second shot. When they missed the second shot, Skip Keener came up, rebound the ball, put it back in, making the game over. They lost 42-38. NC, um, North Carolina A&T, they fell to the Morgan State Bears. A great job, ladies. Y'all did it. Y'all got it done, and everything looked absolutely great. All right, and I want to say that it was a phenomenal sight to see them playing at that level. But now we're gonna go ahead and go to our next segment, one of my favorite segments. It's called "Let's Kick It." Let's kick it, come on, y'all. Let's kick it, yeah. All right, yo, this is "Let's Kick It," and as you all know, on "Let's Kick It," we talk about what's gonna be the hottest shoes coming out. And let me let you know, first off. Before I go ahead and talk about that, if you are not listening to the Let's Kick It podcast or following Let's Kick It on Instagram, what are you doing? Come on, man. Get on it. It's me and the guy, sneaker guy, JT. He comes out there. We talk. We do big things. And it's amazing. If you're not checking it out, you're shortchanging yourself. But let me talk about some of these hot sneakers right now. First, I want to go ahead and talk about the Nike Zoom Freak 1. Yes, he came out with a brand new colorway, the All Brothers colorway. And honestly, out of all the colorways that I've seen so far, I think this is possibly the one that is great. I think this was going to be awesome. As a matter of fact, if JT, my co-host from Let's Kick It, was here right now, I think he would actually like these. And he's not a fan of the Zoom Freaks. So I think he would actually like these ones. And these are, check out this beautiful colorway. Look at this. Look at that beautiful Miami Vice look to it with that Miami Vice blue with a nice pink at the bottom. The All Brothers, I like them. And at 120 that they're retailing for, is definitely an affordable shoe. All right, next, we got to talk about the Air Jordan 10 wings. And look at these here. These are coming out February, uh, February 12th. As a matter of fact, they're going to be coming out as one of the Jordan brands that will be releasing during the All-Star Weekend. These will be retailing at 190 but one thing that I like about them the most is take a look at the back part. These loops on the back with those beautiful different colors and the way the stitching is so detailed on there. Even that little label that says wings, 
make it absolutely beautiful. I think it's one of the shoes that's probably going to be rocked all summer by just about everybody. So if you're not going to get it, don't get it. Don't try and get it late because if you get it late, you're going to see other people with it. And if you're the type of person that likes to rock sneakers that nobody else is wearing, this is probably not going to be the best one for you. So, because everybody's going to wear it because it's kind of hot. Now, there is another one that's coming out. This is very hush-hush. We don't know the exact date that is coming out. They have not even released what it will retail at. It is extremely hush-hush. Now, if anybody from Chicago, and this is going to be released, I can tell you, possibly during the All-Star Weekend in Chicago, because this is a Chicago thing. I'm just putting two and two together. We're speaking conspiracy theory here. So if anybody is familiar with the hip-hop scene in Chicago, if you're familiar with people like Chance the Rapper, uh, Chief Keef, you know, Common even, Kanye, if you're familiar with that scene, you are definitely familiar with the Lyrical Lemonade blog and the Lyrical Lemonade, and, and the Lyrical Lemonade scene on a whole. Yes, they used to talk, they used to do a lot of articles on a lot of these up-and-coming rappers. It was kind of uh, Chicago's version of um, the source's unsigned hype. So this was something that was big in the hip-hop scene. And this collabo between Lyrical Lemonade and Jordan is going to be big, absolutely phenomenal in the sneakerhead scene. I'm talking with the two different insoles that you could you can actually rock within it. Those are kind of, those are crazy in itself with the lyrical lemonade uh, uh, cut out on those inserts. Those are going to be phenomenal in itself. But just to look at this shoe, it is a beautiful shoe, true and true. That nice little simple, the simple grayish white that it has, and then with the pop of color on the back. This is something that you're definitely going to want to rock. I'm going to tell you the truth. I would drop a lace swap in it just to give it a little more pop. But you don't really need it with this shoe. This is one that actually stands for itself. You know? So, with that said, we're about to almost get to that point. Yes, we're getting to that point. I, I like y'all that y'all hung out with me during this time. But I want to go ahead and take a thing. Take a minute. This is a little segment that I like to add every now and again. It's called a word from the coach. Now, in this segment for the word for the coach, we're going to talk about Delonte West. I know that a lot of people have been, they've seen the video that's been getting, going around and it's viral at this point of Delonte West getting beat up uh, by the security guard or a police officer or what have you at that time and, and the people filming it. They told the people shamed Delonte West about his fall from grace and things of that nature. And if those who don't know Delonte West, there's some people he used, let me go ahead and give you a little background. Delonte West was, is a guard from St. Joe's University, one of the, probably one of the best guards to ever play at St. Joe's University. He played alongside mm -hmm. Jameer Nelson. Um, Delonte West is most famously known for playing in Cleveland. And most people know him from a rumor that he was actually messing around with LeBron James' mother, which both LeBron James and Delonte West has vehemently denied. So I'm not, you know, believe, I don't believe in that rumor. But one of the things that has plagued Delonte West throughout his career in basketball and throughout his life has been mental illness. Now, this is something that I wanted to touch base on. Many um, athletes, many people on a whole actually suffer from mental illness. 
And a lot of people will say things of depression or schizophrenia and things of that nature. They could just get over it. They could take their medication. They could do this. They could do that. But being in that dark place, it is hard to pull yourself out. I could see that the fraternity of the NBA knows that for Delonte West. Everyone has reached out from Danny Ainge to LeBron himself, has reached out to make sure that he's going to be okay. LeBron demanded that somebody reaches out to him, get him to uh, Los Angeles so he can help him. Uh, Danny Ainge wanted to get him to Boston so he can help him. Uh, the Dallas organization is trying to get him back there so they can help him. This is something that's going on right now that's taking place. We're all trying to help mental illness, but why do we have to wait for it to get this far? Why do we have to wait for to have a viral video of him on the street? Trust me, there was a lot of signs in the past. There was a lot of times that he called out. There's a lot of times that many of us has called out. We have to look for those signs. Take the time out. Instead of just asking somebody how they're doing, listen, find out how are they really doing? Because these signs are the things that we miss. And we all want to be a great basketball player. We all want to be a legendary athlete, a legendary coach. But it's better to be a great friend and a legendary person. But that's just a word from the coach. All right, I want to go ahead and give a shout out to my plug, to my sponsor. Yes, cash for, I'm sorry, cash to check in. I'm sorry, dot com. And a matter of fact, while I grab a brief little drink, I want you to go ahead and take a quick look at this video from Cash to Checking. Cash to Checking is one of the nation's leading finance companies, providing up to $400,000 in unsecured funding for business or personal use. We have relationships with over 250 lenders nationwide. Through the use of our proprietary software, we are able to secure over 80% more funding for our clients. We help clients obtain funding for real estate investment, business startups, down payment assistance, working capital, medical, legal, education, funeral expenses, and more. That was cashyourcheckin.com. Trust me, if you're looking to start something big, you want to do something for yourself, start growing. Go to cashyourcheckin.com slash Drew. Tell them I sent you. Check it out. This is absolutely awesome. Stop living their dreams. Start living your own. All right. And I also want to thank you for hanging out with me right here at Ball Court. Check us out on CWN Sports. Check us out at Radio.com now. You can check us out on YouTube. Ball Court World is taking over. It's going around everywhere. As a matter of fact, at Ball Court World, directly on Instagram, you can see us there as well. And there's some other shows you should be looking for, also on Radio.com. You got Malik and the Blitz. They're over there. They're doing something phenomenal. You have, um, also, please, Fusion Sports, I know it's on hiatus, but when it comes back, it's going to be popping. Keep on looking for that. And, of course, you have Let's Kick It, doing some big things, and the Sean Harvey Morning Show. Wake up early. Check them out. You'll absolutely love them. My name is Coach Drew. This is Ball Court. This is the world of basketball. And thank you once again, CW Sports, for having me on. And thank you for allowing me to come into your living rooms and into your cars on your drive in the mornings. Or afternoons, whichever one. Either way, thank you. I appreciate it. I am Coach Drew. This is Ball Court. And this has been the world of basketball.
thank you for listening to Ball Court with Coach Drew. World of basketball. Now go hit the showers. This is a CWN Sports Network presentation.